Hi, this is attorney Jamie Miller, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the Miller Law Chronicles podcast. And today we are going to have an amazing conversation with Jordan Faze from Guaranteed Rate Mortgage. This is a really important um, podcast opportunity for our clients, and not only for our clients, for anyone that's having challenging credit or anyone that's filed bankruptcy ever. When we meet with clients, one of the most important questions that they ask is, am I going to be able to purchase my dream home after I file for bankruptcy? And that question is yes. We've established a relationship with Jordan Faze at Guaranteed Rate Mortgage because Jordan is going to meet with our clients either before they file or shortly after they file to put them and to strategize with them and to put a plan together that's going to help them get to a point that 24 or 25 months after a bankruptcy is filed that they're going to be able to qualify for a conventional mortgage. And what's great, and you're going to hear from Jordan in this podcast, is that he's helped our clients, but in particular, he's helped a client by the name of Daniel, who has been pre-approved for a mortgage. Daniel's filed bankruptcy within the last two years. And he's at this point now where he has that loan guarantee in his hand and he is out looking for real estate and looking for that home. So when he finds that home, makes an offer, gets it accepted, Jordan is going to stand with him and be able to finance that home for for Daniel. Just really excited. We're excited that Daniel is going to be able to get that home. I'm sure you're going to really enjoy this podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please go to YouTube and Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like us. It's going to allow us to continue to bring wonderful free content that is helpful to to everybody. So thank you so much. And we look forward to getting your feedback on this wonderful podcast with Jordan Faze from Guaranteed Rate Mortgage. Thank you. Hello, this is attorney Jamie Miller, and I would like to welcome you to another edition of the Miller Law Chronicles podcast. And today I'm really excited that we have Jordan Faze with us from Guaranteed Rate Mortgage. And today we're going to spend some time with Jordan talking about opportunities for people to get mortgage financed, to buy that home that they've always wanted to. We're going to talk about um, bankruptcy and financing a mortgage and getting that home. We'll talk about credit issues and all of that. Jordan is a partner of ours here at Miller Miller and um, has already helped one of our clients who's on a path to getting a mortgage and really looking forward to working with Jordan in the future so that he's able to help many, many more of our clients. And Jordan, welcome to the podcast. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your really busy day to help talk to me and to my clients. 
Yeah, thanks, Jamie, for having me. I, I'm looking forward to this and hopefully can provide some insights and education uh, to, the, to the clients you have. As you and I have talked, one of the goals here at Miller Miller, and we file bankruptcies and we're one of the you know, top bankruptcy filers in the state, but even more important than getting bankruptcies filed for, for people, we, we operate off a set of core values and those core values necessitate that our practice is more than just filing bankruptcy for people. We go above and beyond. Any lawyer in the state can essentially file a bankruptcy and hopefully do a good job. But we not only do a really good job of getting the bankruptcy filed, we set people on a path to be able to get their credit back, get that credit score up to 720. We have partners that we work with to get their credit scores up to 720. We have partners that we work with to help people get a car after bankruptcy. And I've been searching for a while to try to find somebody that can help people really understand that dream of how to go from a bankruptcy filing to purchasing a home. And I'm confident that I found the right person in you. And let's talk more about it. But before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what you do, t tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got into the mortgage business. I think that background is always really important. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, and I do agree with you first and foremost of alignment of, of the morals and philosophy, if you will, of the practice that we each intake and, and what it is we're looking to do for these clients. But for myself personally, I am born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I like to call myself a, a true East Sider, if you will, of, of the city. I'm married for uh, just over 12 years, as well as we have a new puppy that's just over one years old. We have a cabin in Manaqua that I'm a big outdoorsman. I really enjoy fishing and just spending time outdoors where I can. So that's the balance of the work life. And so I got into the mortgage industry in the early 2000s. It was a family business that I grew up in, and I've been originating loans in mostly the residential mortgage space for 21 and a half years. And we happened to come across each other recently, like you alluded to, with a mutual client that has allowed us for me to be here today. So I just want to say thanks as well for having me. And I look forward to providing some education to the listeners here as we go forward. Right. And what, one of the questions, and when I talk to clients and the other lawyers in my office talk to clients for the first time, one of their first questions is, number one, if they own a home, am I going to lose that home? Which the answer is no, you're not going to lose your home when you file for bankruptcy. But the next question is, if they don't have own a home, is am I still going to be able to maintain that dream of home ownership after the bankruptcy is filed? And on top of that, they then ask, tell me a little bit about how the filing of the bankruptcy is going to impact my credit. And you've been in the industry for a long time and have, have helped a lot of people that have filed for bankruptcy. So tell me a little bit about what you see, what the impact on someone's credit is of filing a bankruptcy. Yeah. So let me start in uh, chronological order to answer some of those questions. So as far as people who currently own a home, 
the biggest thing that I'll say is when bankruptcy starts to become a real option, right? Like they're looking at what their options are in life and they've reached a certain point, whether it's circumstantial or whatever got them there, that we're going to look at it together. And that, that's one thing I really like having an attorney relationship with who understands bankruptcy is let's look at the home you own right now. Let's look at the equity that's available. Let's look at the debt and let's work together as a team to figure out what the plan is going forward. And as you mentioned, more often than not, they don't lose that home through bankruptcy, right? So unless it goes into default or foreclosure, there is a really strong chance the majority of homeowners will retain that home coming out of bankruptcy. So to answer that question, you know, it's really comforting to people to sit down and have both a mortgage advisor as well as a bankruptcy attorney to have that conversation with. On, on the other end of it, there's people who either lost a home or haven't never owned a home that think bankruptcy means that they'll never own a home again. And, and they couldn't be further from the truth, right? So what we want to do with those clients is help them to understand that bankruptcy is something that has been set up for them you know, legally to put themselves back in a position to move forward with life. And, and the next step is if home ownership is a future aspiration, how do we help them get there? And what does that mean? So then you asked, how does that affect credit? Well, one of the things I tell people is when you file bankruptcy, so say you're at the point where you are filing bankruptcy and declaring bankruptcy, most of that damage has likely already been done to your credit report. You have likely had you know, the most debt you've ever had or whatever the reason is, and, and maybe even you are late or in default on some of those items. And so the bankruptcy itself does put a public record on a credit report, but most of what's on the credit is now in what's called a derogatory area of the credit report. And so, so really that starts now the process of how do we move forward and what does that timeline look like? How do we rehabilitate credit, build new healthy credit, and then maybe look at repairing and removing some of the damage that's been done in the past? So own a home, definitely have the opportunity to keep it. And how does that work and where might that come into play post-bankruptcy? Otherwise, home ownership aspirations, how do we help get you there, understand what those timelines and what you need to be doing, you know, so it makes sense. Right. And what, what are some of the factors that you see that help somebody improve their credit after they file bankruptcy? Sure. So so let's just quickly talk about what's on a credit report. When you look at a credit report and, and let's call it top to bottom order. OK, and I'll make it very simple for people. The top is going to be any existing accounts that they have that are being paid on time, and, and this is their, their current, what's called trade lines, okay? The, the next area is going to be what's called derogative, which may still be things that are active or may not be active, but they've been put in a derogative area for one reason or another, most easily explained as maybe you missed a payment on it. And then there's the collection and public record area. So anything that's made it into a collection, charge off, or again, like bankruptcy public records. So so what's important for people to understand is, is one of the most important things that they need to do is start to build new healthy credit. A lot of people, when they go through bankruptcy, they're, 
you know, for lack of a better term, they're, they're scared of credit, right? Because, because that, that debt, as they see it, is what got them there in the first place. But there are some very safe options on how to build new healthy credit. And that's what I like to help with. And I know that's what you like to help them with too, is what is the way to go about doing that? Because you really need to establish new, clean, healthy credit. And then the next piece of it is, how do we look at what's on the derogatory or collection areas? And, and are there things there that we can clean up or get rid of? And there's, there's processes on how to do that. So in conjunction, those are two things that we spend a lot of time on and provide a blueprint. How do you get from where you're at now, point A, to point Z, which is stronger credit and hopefully home ownership? Right, and one, one of the services that, that we offer to all of our clients, whether or not they're looking for a new home or new mortgage, but everybody, once their case is discharged, is going to have a credit evaluation and a credit report evaluation. And we're gonna look through each line item of the credit report and make sure that the bankruptcies reflected on the credit report. And maybe tell me some of your experience in seeing credit reports when there is a derogatory late credit card payment or late personal loan, and then they file bankruptcy. What do you like to see the, the credit report show after a bankruptcy is filed so a client or someone who's filed can move forward? Yeah. So first of all, I think one, one way to answer that is, is once someone files bankruptcy and, and they list the creditors that are going to be, you know, declared to be discharged in that bankruptcy, there is, there is some, some credit reporting laws that basically stop reporting on the credit at that point. All right. So the creditor may choose or, or legally cannot, you know, supply more information. And, and so one of the main things that I look at is we, we end up wanting to compare what we see on the credit report with, with what we see in the bankruptcy. And we want to know that that debt that's been discharged is being reflected accurately that way because that makes it really easy for us to know that that's all been included and in there. And then one of the other things that I'll mention to you is in the derogative or collection area, I see this missed a lot. And, and I know, you know your firm probably does a great job with this, but if someone has judgments or, or liens on them personally and they discharge that debt, I, I, you know, more often than not, I don't see where the filing of the bankruptcy discharge to, to show that as a satisfied situation. So we, we can get into a transaction and, and it shows up actually on title. And then we have to go backwards and we have to try to get these things resolved. So, so there are definitely some, some areas that we look at when it's reviewing that credit report post-bankruptcy that we want to see these things reflected correctly. And so that's, again, maybe go back to saying if there's a mutual client, we can work together to make sure that that happens correctly. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge point because we recognize when clients have judgments on their credit before we file and the filing of the bankruptcy is done in federal court. And although the debt is discharged, meaning the client has no responsibility to pay that debt, there's no communication between the bankruptcy and the state court to make sure that that debt gets satisfied. So we review that with the client after the case is discharged, but it's nice to know that that's something that, that you're looking at also, because what I've seen sometimes is people file bankruptcy in 
you know, August of 2023. And then two years out, they say, well, my credit hasn't improved. Well, got to look back, you need to take action in addition to the bankruptcy to really start rebuilding that that credit score. So I, I appreciate your points. Very, very well taken and, and great advice for for our clients or for anybody that's filing bankruptcy. So I get someone, they come in, they're filing bankruptcy, they want to buy a home in the future, and I refer them to you. Jordan, tell me a little bit about what that conversation is going to look like and what you can do to help our clients reach that dream of home ownership post-bankruptcy. Absolutely. So I'll start with this just from an experience standpoint. Some people have heard the phrase 10,000 hours as far as a mastery. I've probably seen 10,000 credit reports in my career. So I'm very well versed in it. And, and I've even had experts that I've reached out to and have great resources to help me understand that. So when I talk to people in the conversation, regardless of it's pre-bankruptcy, during bankruptcy or post-bankruptcy, I, I separate it as two things. I separate it as eligibility and approvability. And, and there's a difference. So eligibility means what milestones need to be met just to be eligible, just to even be able to step into the stadium, right? And, and to be able to play. And so, for example, one of those would be government financing. Uh, FHA financing is very common because it's more lenient on, on what these are, is two years post-discharge date, so the 25th month after you discharge, you become eligible for financing. But that does not guarantee approvability, okay? So what I'm working on with these clients and why it's important that I feel we talk as early as possible in the game is I want to help them do the two things I talked about. How do you build new, clean, healthy credit? What do we want to see, okay, as far as trade lines go and how long they've been established and being paid on time, as well as when we talk about that derogative credit, every single one of those, and this is how the analogy I use to people, think about it, you're in a hot air balloon. Those are all anchors holding your score down. The, as many of those, uh, we can cut the, that rope off, your score will go higher and higher and higher, okay? And it's a process, and sometimes you don't get them all, but we look at them individually and we work through that. So we're building new credit, which is as important as trying to clean up the old credit. And the, and the last thing I'll say is this. There's, there's other factors to getting a mortgage than just credit. So we're going to look at what is your employment history, what is your income, what are your assets, and how do we maybe help them budget and build towards if there's a down payment that's going to be needed and, and the all-encompassing loan profile. And I know you and I have talked about this. And, and what I like to tell people is I'm not the judge or the jury when it comes to them getting a mortgage. I'm the mortgage attorney, just like you're a bankruptcy attorney. My job is to build a case and to, and to help them know how to strengthen that case and profile. And I'll guide them you know, throughout that process. That's great. In, in one of the services that you services that you generously and I'm so appreciative is that when I have a client that files bankruptcy now, they may not be able to qualify for a mortgage for 24, 25 months, but you're willing to meet with them now, review their credit report, review their situation and give them assistance so that they can 
cross that barrier and have approvability two years from now. And what what is something that you'll you'll suggest someone could do after a bankruptcy filing? You know, let, let's say someone files, they wiped out all of their credit card bills, medical bills, and maybe they and they don't own any real estate. They have a car payment, so obviously they got to stay up to date on that car payment. But what other things can someone do to build good credit within that, you know, twenty four month period of time that you're working with them? Yeah, you know, I've I've got two things I'll bring up that I really like, and and I think maybe now is a good time for me to bring up a mutual client that that we have that his name's Daniel that recently reached out to me a couple months ago, and and he knew he was a little bit early, and he said his twenty four month from discharge was going to be coming up, you know, towards the end of the year. So I think we talked in the be, in beginning back in August, Daniel and I. And I looked into the everything, you know, he didn't, he didn't have all the exact specifics, right? But he, he, he knew he was pretty close. And so once, once I, you know, went through a pre-approval application with him, we do what's called a soft pull. So we're not hitting that credit with a hard pull, which is pretty important at that stage of the game. So that's a big deal. And, and then I reached out, obviously, to your office to get his, his bankruptcy paperwork. And what we found was November was going to be his eligibility date. Okay. And he had done a decent job of getting his credit back, you know, restored at this point. He, he was, you know, a little over, he was around 20 months into the, into the discharge, you know, post discharge. And, and so a couple of things I like to point out to people that I, that I, that I educated him on as well. One of them is with credit cards, you got to be really careful with what's called utilization ratio. Now that's a fancy word. What it really means is the balance compared to the limit. And when people go and get credit cards, which in today's world, you almost have to have something just from the convenience of living, right? Like a lot of paperless activity out there. What they don't realize is that if you take out a $300 limit, which is not a lot, and you borrow you know, $250 against it from gas and groceries, if you don't pay that off right away or pay it down right away, then it's getting reported that you're using a very high percentage. And that is really bad for credit. So the simple way for me to tell people is anything over 50% utilization is not going to help your credit. And the higher it goes towards 100% is going to bring your scores down every month. Under 50% will, will make your score go higher. And as close as you can keep it to 30 or 10%, what people need to realize is this you know you're going to spend more than that. The habit that I coach people on is don't wait for the statement to come out. Pay it every week or every other week as your, as your job and income allows. Even if it's the same dollar amount over the course of the month, pay it more frequently so that average balance is lower. The statement usually is the amount that gets reported to the credit bureaus when they do credit reporting in the first 10 days of every month. The statement balance is usually when people have the highest balance and then they go and they pay it. So it's just a changing of habit and routine that I coach people on. And one other thing I'll bring up is what's called a credit builder loan or credit builder program. A lot of banks and credit unions offer this. We're working on possibly having something ourselves, but I don't believe right now that guaranteed rate has it. But it's not a big deal, and you can go online, but I usually tell people start with your local bank or credit union to see if they offer one. The reason this is important and helpful for so many people, and again, these are things Daniel and I worked on together, was that it's, it does not have a credit score 
qualification. The reason is they're, they're basically giving you a loan that's going to be put into a personal savings or CD that's going to be used to pay it back. And it's an installment loan, whereas credit cards are what's called revolving, which has that balance to limit issue. Installment, all that means is every month you make that same payment. They usually set them up for one to two years. Your score just notches a little bit higher every time that payment is made on time. So, so those are just really two good starting points. And I'm just going to end with this real quickly. I just now that Daniel became eligible in November, we worked on a couple of these things for a couple months. I helped his score go up an extra 20, 30 points from when he talked to me. And we did just get his approval for his loan. So, so that is a really just good example of when things are done the right way. And I definitely recommend proactivity in doing that. Is there a difference between a credit builder loan and a secured credit card? Uh, there is in how it reports to the credit bureau. And so a credit bureau will classify what that trade line is. I don't want to get too complicated or high level, but here's what the difference is. Is a secured credit card will still be reported as a revolving debt, which means it's still subject to that utilization ratio, which again, can be good, can be bad, but most people, and I, I, I give this advice to every client. I, I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they've been through bankruptcy or not. Every client I give this advice to on, on that subject, whereas the credit builder program is going to be classified as an installment loan, almost like a vehicle loan. Got it. The other thing I, I hear from people is, especially as they're leading up to that two-year anniversary is, They've been renting for years. They make all of their rent payments on time. Is there any way to get credit for that to show that they're in good faith making those payments? Because that certainly is evidence of their ability to make that that monthly payment. Not not just evidence, Jamie, but it's a requirement. And so what happens and you get into the mortgage is we do what's called a verification of rent. Okay, and we have a form that we can provide to a management company or to an individual landlord. If we feel we need more proof of it, we might get 12 months of their canceled checks to show every month it's been paid or bank statements. So one thing I'll tell people is if you if you are renting, you know, and hopefully maintaining on time payments, you know, definitely make sure you're paying with a check or a or a transfer that can be proven. You know, cash is a little scary because we can't prove it. I understand sometimes that's convenient and beneficial to the landlord, but if you really, you know, want, you know, to buy a home and you're renting, definitely pay it if you can so that it can be sourced as we call it. And and so we do use the rental history and we do really want to see in fact need to see at least a 12-month on-time payment history. And, and one of the things that I tell people about when it comes to getting approved, right? So not the eligibility, but the approvability is these compensating factors. And so when we're looking at risk, which is really what borrowing mortgages is to people is how do we evaluate risk? We want to see as many of these compensating factors as possible. And in some cases, we can use that rental history and we can actually add it as a trade line to the credit report. Right. And then when, like Daniel, you were talking about, has he put an offer in on a house yet? He has not. He had one house of interest. But what we do with our clients who are, say, in this case, a post-bankruptcy, we don't, we don't want to leave 
much to chance if we can help it. So what's neat here at Guaranteed Rate is we have the ability, what's called a power, a power bid program, where we can take that client full documentation as if they had an accepted offer and we submit it as a to be determined and, and it's underwritten and it comes out with a stronger pre-approval, but we know exactly what we're up against. So there's no guesswork. They're not going to go get themselves under contract and have it fall apart. A lot of lenders do not do this. And so what we do is that extra step where once they're eligible and then they become approvable, we're actually going to take them all the way through the underwriting process. So now when they go home shopping, it's literally insert home. We have everything else ready to go. And it makes for a more streamlined process as well. And you're talking, and I know that interest rates are higher and we're all aware of that now than they were um, several years ago. But what you're doing for our bankruptcy clients is you're not putting mortgages together at crazy interest rates. You're really helping people get to a point where they can get a conventional, reasonable interest rate, which is obviously has great impact on that monthly payment that they're paying. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think what people would be surprised to know is how little the bankruptcy itself impacts what that interest rate that they're going to get is. But I always bring it back to affordability. So a lot of times, and even say Daniel, for example, when he first reached out to me, a lot of times the question people start with is, how much can I get approved for? How much, how much of a home can I get? And my immediate response to that is, it doesn't matter what I tell you I can get you for a loan. We need to talk about what your comfort level is. What do you want that budget to look like? What is that threshold that you don't want it to go over? I still have to make sure the numbers work on my end, but more often than not, because remember, they're typically coming out of bankruptcy with little to no debt. They can qualify for more of a home on paper than really what they want to afford. So I really like to have the conversation of saying, hey, let's remember, like, we're doing this to not go back to where we were, right? So so let's look at that budget. Let's, let's talk about the fact that you might down the road want to buy other things and, and, and use your credit in other ways. So, so for one, interest rates, you know, are going to be closer than people think to what the market rate is, but it really comes down to affordability and looking at the whole picture holistically of what do we want this to look like that's comfortable and taking the rest of what life is going to be into consideration. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And what are, what are some misconceptions that you hear of people who have just filed bankruptcy when you're talking to them? You know, I, I think for a lot of people, because there really is no easy education out there on this, and I understand we live in a, what I call Google world or AI world sometimes now, but, but too many people really think that they'll never be able to own a home again. And, and so what I try to do, at least in the beginning, you know, is be a beacon of hope and help them understand that right now I realize what they're going through. You know, and again, a lot of times these are circumstantial, right? So, so, so someone, you know, might've had something happen with their life, with their marriage, with their children, with their job, you know, so there's reasons that they're in this position in the first place. And so, you know, one of the things I try to remind them is, look, two years go by faster than we think, but let's do everything now and going forward. And, and I like to be there for accountability too. And, and tell them like, hey, I'm not just going to have this conversation with you. And then you don't hear from me until 24 months from now. Like, I'm going to check in with you and I encourage you to check in with me, you know, every three to four months, you know, once a quarter, if you will. How are we doing? 
Where are things at? You might have a setback. That's okay. We're going to work through it. And so I really find that that encourages people. And I've, I've just had some, a lot of success stories. I don't have time to share them all where at the end of the day, the appreciation factor is, is really great for both of us, right? They're coming to us and saying, thank you so much for everything you did. And all of a sudden what felt like nothingness at one time is them and their family in a home. And, and so that's, that's really the, the outcome we want to have happen. Even if that doesn't happen right away or as quickly as the eligibility allows, it's just lifestyle improvement. Most people want to come out of this and work towards a better life. And I think that that's the key before we even care about them buying a home. Right. And although you live in Green Bay, you're able to help people throughout all of Wisconsin, certainly, and many states throughout the country. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So I personally have a license for the state of Wisconsin and the state of Michigan. And, and most of the business we do in Michigan is in the UP. But the point of the matter is I... I do loans everywhere in Wisconsin and Michigan myself. If I go outside of those two states, I have access to 50 states in the country where I have lending partners within the structure of guaranteed rate where I can partner with them and, and still be hands-on. They're just the licensed originator that has to be involved from a compliance standpoint. So if someone goes through bankruptcy with you, but then because of life or job, they're relocating. Even if I was there to help them in the early stages and now they're gonna buy outside of where myself personally can lend, I'll still be able to guide them and, and be involved with a nice handoff and work together to get that done. I appreciate that. And when people and our clients come to Miller & Miller and they're interested in purchasing a home, we're going to figure that out early on in the process and, and get them to you. But I'm also hoping that people will see this podcast that maybe have filed bankruptcy with other lawyers or have had bad credit and need help. So how do people reach out to you directly? How do they find you? Yeah. So one thing I'll bring up right away is this is a, a new piece of technology from Guaranteed Rate that I think is fantastic is we have an app. It's called the Rate app. If you go to your Apple or Google store and you type in rate, it will come up. It's a white box. It'll have black lettering that says rate. It'll have Guaranteed Rate next to it. What's neat about this is it's a wellness app. So you, it's free, absolutely free to download and to use and you just create your account, you can select myself, Jordan Thays, as your mortgage representative, and you can apply through there, or you can just contact me through there. But real quickly, just to plug what's neat about this, because I use it myself, is it's not just about mortgages. It has mental wellness, as well as financial wellness, as, as well as physical wellness. So there's really a lot of neat things on there that our clients who don't even need a loan are enjoying, but it's a really great way to get to know me and my company. And then again, you can use it to contact me. You can also go to my website, which is rate.com backslash Jordan Thays, J-O-R-D-A-N-T-H-A-Y-S-E. And lastly, you know, my phone number, 920 676 2467. But the app and the website has all of my contact information. So so you go to either one of those, you're going to be able to get a hold of me. And, and give me that website one more time. So it is rate.com, R-A-T-E.com. And then it's backslash 
first name, last name, Jordan Thays, J-O-R-D-A-N-T-H-A-Y-S-E. We don't have a, a link at the moment on our website to Jordan's site, but we will get that at millermillerlaw.com and that will be up shortly. Jordan, thank you so much for your time. It has been just really helpful and makes me excited because we really love seeing people and hearing those stories. Right now, we, we work with a company called Ash Auto that's able to get our clients reasonable interest rate car loans after filing bankruptcy. And so when, when one of our clients gets a car delivered and seeing them take possession of that car is just really rewarding. And I can't wait to continue my relationship with you and see the photos of all the homes um, that I know our clients or are going to be able to purchase post-bankruptcy. And thank you for helping to fulfill that dream of, of all of our clients. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. And, and mutually feeling towards, you know, seeing those successes. And again, just helping people get to a better place in life, knowing that that's what they want. How do you get there, create that roadmap, and then eventually cross that finish line. So I'm excited as well to continue the, the relationship. And thank you for having me on your podcast today. Thank you so much. 